This week, we have another full slate of games to look forward to. Luckily for us, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, has us covered with so many different ways to get in on the action. DraftKings Sportsbook is based right here in the U.S., not offshore, so you know your funds are safe and secure. Plus, they have new odds, boosts, and promotions on your favorite sports every day. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet from wherever, whenever, you don't even have to leave your house. And for those where sports betting is not yet available, head to the DraftKings app and check out all of their daily fantasy contests. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SI when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's code SI to get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. This is the SI Fantasy Podcast. Head to SI.com slash fantasy for all the latest news, advice, and more to help you win your league. I look at his athletic ability, his explosiveness. He's very good in the red zone. He's able to get you those touchdowns. I mean, this guy had five touchdowns and 30 receptions. That's pretty much unheard of. Don't forget to subscribe to SI Fantasy Plus for even more content you won't find anywhere else. Every single running back in his first year as the featured back under Andy Reid, dating back to 1999, has been the RB10 or better. How can we go wrong here with the Glide, guys? Here are your hosts, Corey Parson and Michael Fabiano. What's up, everybody? This is the SI Fantasy Podcast. Ben Heisler in. How was your weekend? Did you win some money playing DFS? Maybe a couple of your bets came through? Well, if you did, great. I can tell you that the guest that we have on today probably had a I don't know, a slightly better weekend than you did. Gary Hartman won the DraftKings Millie Maker for week eight, and I'm so excited to have him on the show today to just talk about what a crazy sweat that might have been leading up to the end of of Bears and Saints to, to finally finalize things. And also, this podcast is, of course, presented by the good folks over at DraftKings. So, Gary, it's good to talk to you. First of all, man, congratulations on what must have been a heart-pounding, very exciting weekend for you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on, Ben. Um, yeah, it was crazy to say the least. I, I don't think I fully processed it yet. Kind of still feels like I've been living in a, a dream world since yesterday. So take me through sort of the initial sweat. When did you know that you were going to have a really solid lineup? And when did you realize that I'm in legitimate contention for the Millie Maker here? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I, I think uh, probably about halfway through the or towards the beginning of the four o'clock games, um, I saw that I had some lineups in play. Um, and then I saw probably getting close to halftime of the four o'clock games that the one uh, that ended up winning, which had uh, DK Metcalf and um, Kendrick Bourne in there, um, that that one was the one to watch as it was keep as it went up as DK Metcalf did things essentially. Yes, uh, Metcalf had a had a terrific performance. In fact, I was slightly angry at myself in one of my lineups. I swapped him out, put Alvin Kamara in for a little bit more of a higher floor. And yes, Kamara played well, but uh, Metcalf's forty three point one points ended up being uh, a tremendous difference maker. And certainly in your case, uh, that was how it played out. 
Tell me initially about your connection to DFS. When was this something that you had an initial interest in? Do you do any of your own projections? Have you worked with you know um, other companies that do DFS content? What sort of got you initially involved in the space and now to a point where uh, you're playing on a very successful level? Sure. Um, so I've been playing DFS for a long time, um, probably since early in, since I've been in college, like my sophomore year of college. So we're talking like nine years or so. Um, but probably really just over the last year or two that I've started playing at a um, higher volume and higher stakes as well, um, where I've started taking it you know, more seriously. But it's definitely been a part of my life for a long time. Did you uh, did you go through a lot of the the losing streaks at first? Because I, I feel like for so many that are just diving into DFS, you know, they see a lot of these they they see the the numbers and the amount of money that you can win right from the get go, and it can be it's a challenge. Like there's so many talented DFS players in this industry outside of the industry that also have the ability to to max enter, and so a lot of times it can feel like those who want to play and play competitively are going in feeling like they're swimming upstream. So. Uh, what was that process like going through a lot of that grind initially to become a really talented player? For sure. Uh, that's exactly kind of the process that I've, I've had, you know, a definitely years of just kind of affording what I could afford to get into the GPPs I wanted to get into. You know, I dabble in cash as well, but that kind of never really got the juices flowing. You know, you can win some money there, but you're always shooting for, for the big uh, fish. So, um, yeah, you know, I was just kind of a lot of hand building for years and um, figuring out just plays that I like, just kind of like any other fan. And it wasn't really until um, this season that I took it a little bit more seriously and looked into using projections, trying to leverage the field, things like that, um, to to kind of take that next step. All right, um, so let's let, let, let's talk through your lineup a little bit because um, you know I wrote about the the Chiefs and the Jets as sort of that sneaky stack uh, over at SI.com. My issue was is that I felt like somebody like Le'Veon Bell could still be involved in the passing game. And I thought about using him as a correlation with Mahomes and then either Kelsey or Hill. Uh, you went out for a, a full Voltron game stack. You had Mahomes, 8.7% at $8,100. And normally, you know, a lot of times we're looking to pay down at quarterback. But let, let's just start right at the top. This felt like with the Chiefs being at 1.21 point favorites that yeah, Mahomes could easily have a good game. It's a terrible defense for the Jets, but uh, why were you convinced that the Chiefs would attack the Jets through the air despite the game script likely indicating maybe in the second half that they would be more run-heavy? Well, I figured, um, you know, if they were going to win by the 21 points that they were favored or, or whatever that may be, that means that they're at least putting up probably 30-plus points, so they still have to score those points somehow. Even if most of it's in the first half, you got to figure a lot of it's coming through the air, and Mahomes just – they have to build that lead in some capacity. And then what I – so that was my I, my thought for including a good amount of Mahomes and Chiefs stacks in general. Um, but from there, uh, I was just hoping maybe the Jets can somewhat keep it a game like if you keep it within two scores for much of the game then they'll have to keep throwing so that was you know where i was looking to gain a little leverage because i figured a lot of people wouldn't be doing that um and hence the mims play on the run back which didn't end up you know mattering one way or the other um but it was definitely something that i was hoping that that seemed to to work out so when you initially saw the weather reports that there was going to be some swirling winds in kansas city uh did you have any reservations about that lineup or at that point you were essentially pot committed uh, no. Um, it, it, in fact, I, weather was a huge factor for me this week. Um, and, you know, we could talk a little bit about how I build lineups, but one of the main things I do is, uh, and I know 
people are split on eliminating people from their player pool in general. Um, but that is something that I do. And so it was a lot easier to eliminate players from the pool based off weather. Um, but no, I made the decision with the Kansas City game, even uh, as the weather seemed windy compared to some other terrible, terrible windy games, right. this week, that it was worth keeping in the slate. So, okay, so let's let's go through that process a little bit. Can you sort of take me through when you start to build your lineups over the course of the week, when that initial research starts for you? And then, you know, I, I guess take us through those final 90 minutes once you find out uh, injury inactives, uh, latest weather reports. Um, are you and your fiance, she basically just lets you go and say, all right, I, I need this time so I can make these adjustments because I know it's the same way with me and my wife. Uh, yeah, uh, my fiance is great, incredibly supportive with it. Um, <laughs> And maybe it's because I've had some success now. So she's like, well, <laughs> that always helps, right? Yeah, uh, it, it, for sure. Um, but yeah, she kind of gets out of the way. And yeah, I, I'm kind of, a, I've always been this way. Like I've always always like a write a paper the night before the test type of, uh, or that didn't make sense, write a paper before it's due or study the night before the test type of student. Um, I'm similar with DFS. Like I'll listen to some podcasts and I'll do research throughout the week, but I don't really kind of get down into the lab until like Friday and Saturday. Um, okay. And then, yeah, a Sunday, um, Usually Sunday morning, I'll wait just to be sure as far as if there's somebody in my pool, my player pool, that might be uh, in danger of missing the game before I officially finalize um, importing lineups. What about DFS contest selection? How does that go into your process? Uh, I'm pretty much a GPP player um, for the most part. So I look to, in this case, especially with the millionaire being a $10 entry, I look to get, I look to get as many in there as I can. And then um, I'll play some in the slant and some of the $3, 20 max as well. Um, that's kind of where I'd go, but I, I kind of just sprinkled throughout the the, um, the GPP slate. All right, so we talked briefly about the decision for you to go to the Kansas City stack with Mahomes at 8.7%. Uh, you also had Demarcus Robinson at 2.4%. He got into the end zone, had four catches for 63 yards, so he certainly paid off his price point at only $3,100. And then with Travis Kelsey at under 10% this week, and again, I wonder if that was indicative of the public maybe fading the Chiefs passing game, knowing that it was Le'Veon Bell Revenge Week narrative. Uh, yeah. Certainly that got into my head, and I ended up regretting that decision. Uh, but let's talk about some of the other plays, the other contrarian uh, options that you had in this lineup. Uh, let's start first primarily with uh, a popular play, and that was Derrick Henry. Uh, mm-hmm. With the weather reports in Cincinnati, and also I guess we can we can mention Dalvin Cook in here as well, although Cook was only 10.4%, and that surprised me uh, a lot, Gary, because the Packers have been dead last for most of the year in stopping the run. I guess, why do you think Cook ended up being almost a leverage play cons- considering the matchup and considering the weather? I never understood it. I mean, I thought maybe because he had been injured uh, recently that people were fading off of him a little bit, um, or maybe people thought that they can get into a shootout with Rodgers. I, I don't know. But to me, once you know, I saw, especially in projections, that he was only supposed to be around 10%, 11%, um, that was all, all uh, you know, go, go, go on Dalvin Cook. I I, um, I played him at about 25 to 30% of my lineup, so I was – a good amount over the field on him. Um, it didn't, it, it just seemed like a big blind spot as far as ownership percentage there. Yeah. That was um, fairly remarkable. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, you know, you couldn't do well this week without having cook. So that worked out. Um, as far as Derrick Henry, um, I like to have high volume running backs that have, that should have good game script in my pool in general. So um, he was just a guy that was going to be in a good amount of my lineups, nothing crazy, I, but you know, there was, he was definitely spread out. Um, amongst some of my lineups. Yeah, very surprising result. Cincinnati, considering that they were missing pretty much every single offensive lineman, that was a major upset. Uh, one of several upsets this week in the betting market. I think five outright underdogs won 
uh, over the course of week eight in the NFL. Uh, a couple other players, you mentioned DK Metcalf. Uh, again, I, I think 12.7% in just a, a really good spot that had the highest total of the week was a bit surprising. Uh, do you think it's likely one of those situations for the Seattle Seahawks receivers? All right, every time I go to Metcalf, Tyler Lockett ends up doing well. Every time I go to Lockett, it's Metcalf week. Do you think the public was just following the massive output that the Tyler Lockett had the week before? I think that's exactly what happened. So I think um, the public was going to be on Lockett based off last week, and that was the perfect opportunity to try to gain some leverage and go Metcalf's way. All right. Um, you also had Kendrick Bourne, which I, I also wrote about as well. I liked his price point at $3,500, especially with no Debo Samuel. He ended up finishing with 16.1 fantasy points, caught eight receptions for 81 yards. Uh, and then the last one, uh, the hammer on the Miami Dolphins defense. Uh, $2,400, and I, I don't want to chalk it up to saying this was a value defense, uh, but in reality, it certainly was. And golf away from L.A. tends to turn the ball over. Was that largely into your decision? or was it all right, right i gotta find some i gotta find uh, some salary safe uh, space here 100 percent. believe it or not it was actually a very calculated play in miami defense i played them in 50 percent of my lineups um it was a uh, the rams traveling east type of thing um i figured the the number was good their pass defense was good so i would just you know the, the, they have howard and um jones on the outside on the corner so i figured goth might turn the ball over a couple times um, I just figured it was a good spot. It's like a typical trap game for the Rams. I was actually all over Miami just to win the game. So, um, you know, I, I figured to just game manage, they have a good chance. Um, so I, I just like the spot and I like the price. It was, it was an easy one for me. It's a great play now, just playing it back in my mind. I'm thinking about the Bears coming off the, the short week. Certainly you could have talked about the Rams as well, needing that win in primetime against Chicago uh, at $2,400, considering the input that they put out with 23 fantasy points on DK. Uh, certainly was a job well done by you. All right, so before I let you go, take me through what's happened since you won the Millie Maker. How many phone calls have you gotten from friends, family, now asking you for any sort of DFS and fantasy advisor? Or were you already that guy going into the Millie Maker? Um, to a certain extent, um, I, I actually had some luck slash skill. I, I won a um, basketball GPP in the bubble as well. Um, oh, nice. Which, uh, so, you know, I think that put it on the radar, at least from close friends and family, that maybe I was okay at this. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's been kind of crazy. My, my DraftKings handle is the same as my Twitter handle, so people have been finding me whether I wanted them to or not. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's fine. You know, I've definitely been getting dms and people in the mentions but hey it's 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 fun and uh it doesn't bother me this isn't one of those things that is a, a private uh, event you know no <laughs> not at all and, and sometimes it's a little bit more fun to, to share in that celebration with your friends even when we can't necessarily be close to them in the midst of all these times it's always good to be able to have that moment and you certainly earned it congratulations 244.04 points in the millie maker this week you can follow him on twitter as he now just mentioned at g hartman three one four gary this was fun man congratulations on the win um i may be one of those people now that starts to sneak into those dms and ask you for a few questions myself always get to bounce some ideas off of each other and uh congratulations have you thought about i i, I even hate to ask you this question have you thought about what you might want to use some of the winnings on are you thinking about uh you know possible little spending spree or is that you know what, I'm going to be responsible. I'm going to keep it in the account. I'm going to move it off somewhere else. Have you had any thoughts like that? Yeah, not yet. I mean, I got to put half aside for Uncle Sam because he's coming for me in April. That's true. Um, 
But uh, yeah, no, I mean, my mom just keeps telling me to buy a house. You know, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll probably just let, you know, let it sit, hopefully grow, maybe make some investments, but uh, we'll, we'll get there. It's, it's a, they're good problems to have. So. Spoken, spoken like a true sharp professional. Uh, Gary, this was fun. Congratulations on the success. Wishing you nothing but the best. And uh, you know, should you end up winning again, or even if you don't, we'll, we'll definitely have to have you back on. Thanks for the time. Sure, anytime. Thank you so much, Ben.